Hey guys, how are we getting on? Welcome back to the JCC podcast for episode number 43. I hope we're all having a fantastic day so far um, and a really, really good start to the week as well and a really good couple of weeks since we last spoke. So I'm a little bit under the weather today. You might be able to hear it in my voice, so hopefully that I don't let out a, a cough or a sneeze or anything like that. But just to give you a little bit of heads up, secondly as well, we are minding a French bulldog for the day um, inside and she's been really, really good so far, but she is, tends to let out a bit of a howl. Um, so if you hear that in the background, that, that is what it is. But today's podcast episode is going to be all around deload, specifically like the when, when we should run deload, why we should run a deload, how to run a deload and how, how often should we run them as well. But a little bit of an update on myself. From a coaching standpoint, and um, this week has been a really, really big week for for me uh, personally, for clients who have prepped for photo shoots together, um, which was really, really good fun, um, and all of them came in in immaculate shape. Couldn't have asked for a better shape, to be honest. If, if I'd have asked for for that composition, and um, when they had actually started prep, I would have bitten anyone's arm off to be able to achieve that. They did a really, really good job. So if any of the guys um, or the girls listen to this um, who've just done their prep, really, really proud of all of you. Um, at the moment, we also have three competitive clients, um, so three uh, clients who are uh, competing for their first competition, actually going to represent um, Josh County Conditioning or, or um, the, the team that we have here as the first clients to ever take stage, which is going to be really, really exciting. And all three of them are going really good at the moment. And from a life standpoint for me, just life is great, you know, no, no, no complaints whatsoever. Everything's going well other than being really sick for the last week. Um, no training for this week, of course, um, taking a little bit of a funny enough, actually, a, a little bit of a deload, and we'll be back at it next week. So, back into the deload section. So, how to know or when to run a deload, okay? So, we always have to remember, like, what is our number one goal with training, okay? What's our number one goal with, with improving our physique, physique development? It's always going to be performance. So, training performance in the gym, progression in the gym, Okay. When that starts to stop or when the performance starts to drop, that's usually a telltale sign that a deload is is needed, okay? Secondly, when desire to train. So if you had asked me this, maybe, maybe probably even today, to be honest, Josh, do you want to go in and, and train today? My, my answer would be absolutely no, because first and foremost, I'm sick. My desire to train is incredibly low. Whenever I need a deload, I always know that the the main driver for that is my desire to train. It's always really, really low. And if you start to find that like you're just hating the gym, it feels like you're taking up so much mental energy to actually just get through that session, it's usually a telltale sign that we need a deload. When recovery is really, really poor as well, and this will lead into to your performance, when you feel you know heavy, you know when your joints feel sore, your connective tissue is sore, your DOMs are better, worse than usual, your sleep becomes a little bit poor, all these kind of things, uh, and, and and inevitably leads to to poor performance in the gym and, and poor desire to train. Imagine you woke up in the morning and you had DOMs running all down your lower body, and um, quads, hamstrings, glutes, everything. Your your joints of your hips and your knees and your ankles were all sore. And you have to go in and do a lower body training session tomorrow. The likelihood is that you're, you don't want to train, so your desire to train is low. And when you get into the gym, your performance is probably going to be low because of the fatigue. So another one, one big variable as well that we need to be aware of is appetite, especially if you're in an improvement phase. Um, even in a dieting phase, to be honest, when appetite and digestion becomes really, really poor, 
that's another telltale sign for a, a deload is, is necessary. So running back over the points there, um, when performance starts to drop, when desire to train starts to drop, um, it is poor even, excuse me, um, your recovery is poor, when appetite and digestion is poor, and when sleep is really poor. And you have to remember that what's why are all these things happening? And all of these are as a, are a result of increased fatigue and physical stress in the body. So stress from the sympathetic side of the nervous system is going to have a negative response in all of these variables. Recovery is going to have a negative impact on digestion and appetite. It's going to have a negative impact on sleep. And when your recovery is poor, your desire to train is poor and your performance is poor. So all this reverts back to that one thing and that's physical stress and fatigue on the body, okay? A little analogy that I like to use is, imagine you guys, actually I'll use the M50 as the uh, as the road, because I know that most of you guys listen to this back home. You're driving down the M50 in the car, okay? And the, the car runs out of gas, okay? Or gas, I can't believe we use that word, petrol. The car runs out of petrol, and you're driving down the M50, you're about to run out of petrol. What do you do? Do you push harder on the pedal and try and just keep going and going and going? No, you pull in, you fill up the tank with petrol and you get back onto the road again and drive. You filling up that tank and getting off the road is exactly what a deload is. If you try and just keep going, going and going and pushing through it, that car isn't going to drive much longer and it's going to it's going to run out of petrol and you're going to have to pull into the side of the road and you're going to be stranded. Okay, which is exactly what what happens when we get over fatigued. Okay? So how do we do? So how do we pull the car in? How do we fill fill it up um, with, with with petrol? So the phrase deload is is often used. I actually like the phrase devolume because they're, they're both exactly the same phrase. They both mean the same thing. But I think that dropping off volume um, from our, our training is probably going to be the, the most beneficial thing for us to do because load intensity is, of course, driver of fatigue, but volume is going to be a, an even bigger driver of fatigue. So, um, in terms of, of the, de- excuse me, I come back to that point as well. Deload sometimes means then as well. And when I used to run deloads in the gym back in the day, maybe f- five, six, seven years ago, I used to go in and run them as if it was just like a fluff session. Oh, I'll just do lighter weights for everything. If we deload, it means like we're reducing load. So I go in and do my, my bench press and just pick up a set of 15s or 10s or 15s or something and just do them when I should usually be doing 25s. It just means that you're you're just not doing anything in the gym. You're creating no stimulus. You're just going in there to tick the box. You're just having a bit of a fluff session. Where devolume means that we can still keep the intensity high through the load that we're lifting, i.e. creating the stimulus. We can reduce the volume across the week. And, and that's why we call it devolume. So I think that just from a psychological standpoint, if we say someone go in and reduce the load during the session, it just means a fluff session to me. Whereas if we keep the the load high, but the volume reduces, that's what's going to drive the most uh, recovery, in my opinion. Okay. So how much volume should we drop off across the week? Josh, I'm sure that you're all asking. I always like to give a kind of a figure of about 50% of the working volume should be done across the week. So let's say, for instance, you have eight exercises. All exercises are two working sets each, or even let's say two working sets each. Okay. And let's say, for instance, one of the, let's say on a pull day, you have an RDL programmed in there. You have your top set of one set of five to nine, and you have a back off set of one set of 10 to 12. Okay. So you have two working sets there. What I would do then is to do one working set only instead of the two. And that simply drops off 50% of the volume. 
So which set do we want? Which set do we want to do there? For me, an exercise like an RDL, you going absolutely balls to the wall for that five to nine rep range in the RDL is going to still cause so much neurological fatigue. Okay, you having to amp up for that set causes so much mental fatigue. So I would always opt for, and this goes for most lifts, but things like a, particularly like an RDL is so fatiguing anyway, you're probably not going to get, you're going to get fatigued from it anyway, but let's not go for the, the really heavy set on that one. Okay. So I would always say, just do the only, just do the back offs for all exercises. So try and stay in a rep range of about 10 to 15 reps. And that's exactly where the, the back off set here of 10 to 12 is. So you just do one set of 10 to 12 reps or 10 to 15 reps on the RDL, okay? So you've got in, you've still got a stimulus, okay? But you haven't you haven't loaded up with that really, really heavy set that's gonna cause a lot of fatigue with that as well. In terms of failure, okay? Should we train all the way to failure? No, in my opinion, this is a, a time, this is a time where we want to try and improve recovery. This is a time where we wanna wash off as much fatigue the closer to failure you go, the more fatigue you're going to accumulate. So you can get into kind of a one to two RIR is what it's called. That means reps and reserve. And for that kind of 10 to 12 rep range, get a good stimulus, but taking no kind of 50-50 reps as well. Okay. So we're dropping one set off. We're doing a 10 to 15 rep range, back offs only. And we're leaving about one to two reps in reserve, probably more so towards that two um, threshold. Okay. Josh, how do we judge RIR? Okay, so in your logbook, what you should have, okay, is written down RDL, one set of five to nine, let's say 50 kilos, one set of or 50 kilos for eight reps, and one set of, of 40 kilos for 11 reps, okay, for 10 to 12 rep range. You should have that written down in your logbook. So let's say, for instance, that you did 40 kilos for 11 reps, okay, before, then you should know then that with two RIR for that lift with 40 kilos is simply nine reps. So when you go into your set, you already can visualize, okay, if I just get nine reps here, it means I'm two reps off my maximum weight, okay? As long as that that 11 rep that you did in your logbook was to absolute failure, okay, which it should have been, um, then you know that nine reps is two RIR. So you can go into the set knowing, as long as I do 40 kilos, which is on the bar, nine reps, that's two RIR there, okay? So we've now done, like I said, one working set, back off only, two reps in reserve, and your logbook should dictate that. Most likely, you're gonna have those figures written into your logbook anyway, especially if you do like a kind of a top set, back off set approach, which I favor always, um, that you'll have like a one set of six to 10, one set of 10 to 15. You just simply use that back off uh, objective values that you have in your back offset in your logbook then as well. Okay. Um, another little thing that you can do as well from a, a fatigue management standpoint is going to simply be like, if you run like pull push legs all in a row, like pull push legs three days in a row, the likelihood of the fatigue still being there when you do that is going to be much higher than if maybe you did like a one-on-one -on -one off day, or even if you did like two days on one day off, two days on one day off, and that would be better. Or if you ran one day on, one day off, one day on, one day off. So imagine you did pull off, push off, legs off, pull up, and then did the same for your second rotation potentially. Or maybe you might only need one rotation with that as well. It's a way of just increasing the likelihood of recovery and spending less time in the gym pretty much, but still getting good stimulus via the train sessions that we were having. 
Now, the one part that I did want to say was when we're having the two or three reps in reserve and the less load, this is the hardest part. And I've, I've actually touched on this a couple of times this week with um, a couple of guys uh, who, who have just finished up deloads this week and just, they said, God, it was so hard going into the gym because all I've done over since we've started since I've started coaching with you, Josh, is is learned how to bring maximal intensity to go into the session like we're going to battle, beating the logbook, progressing at all costs. That's the mindset we want to have when we train. And then when you go in to do a deload session or a devolume session, it's you can't bring that level of intensity there, or you're just going to be back to square one again. So it, it's it's having the skill to to kind of not going all in. Um, not going all in, in sessions, leaving reps behind, you know, not going until you can't go anymore pretty much. Um, also that you're going to be in there for like half the time and sometimes it just feels like, God, did, did, I, did I even do anything there? Um, did I even get a stimulus at all? But as long as we understand the why, as long as we understand the process behind achieving the desired outcome and why it's been implemented, it becomes much, much easier for us to actually actually execute it. But I found these incredibly difficult to do um, over the years, to be honest. I still find it very, very hard and probably find myself training a little bit harder than I should and probably adding in a set or two when I probably shouldn't, but we won't tell my coach AJ that, um, but I'm sure he's the same as well. So don't expect perfection with these, but the less you can do here, and the more, the more you can leave in the tank, the better your recovery is going to be, meaning that you don't need to run a, another deload for another prolonged period of time or devolume as well. Because, and coming back to that point, like you will feel like doing more. Like you're going to finish your session and be like, oh, you know what, I could probably do another couple of sets. You'll want to fit in another session. It, like tomorrow, you're going to want to fit in another couple of sets of arms at the end or another couple of sets of flies. But just remember the process, understand the why as well. So finally, we will say, how, actually one extra point in here is, is how long should they run for? And it kind of came to my mind when I was talking through the, the train splits with the frequency in there. I would usually run these kind of a week long, okay? If that's four sessions, if that's five sessions, if it's three sessions, whatever it is, as long as you probably probably run it around seven days, any routine kind of five and five and nine days, I think is a good time frame to do it. I've I've gone further than that with clients. So I've had to run near two week deloads um, with clients before if fatigue is incredibly high or if they haven't executed that first week and probably gone a little bit too hard, they train too frequently, they still kept in lots of cardio and stuff like that as well. Um, so so it, it kind of depends on, on how long, how accurate you can be for that week. So I, I would advise, give or take, probably plus or minus two days either side, about seven days is a nice time frame to do. And like I said, if you have that one day on, one day off approach, four sessions in in seven days, that, that's probably what it's going to be. How often should you do it? So the last point that we're going to touch on is going to be how often. My answer is as little as humanly possible. Okay, you are going to run into fatigue. You are going to have to do them during the year. It's inevitable, but try and do them as little as possible. Like I remember um, there's uh, people that I've, I've talked to in the gym used to have these planned deloads every eight weeks or something. And I was like, do, do you really need that? Like, do you need to be <clears throat> doing these every eight weeks? And the answer is probably like, no, like, because there, there's a lot of research and, and science-based evidence out there that tells you to run deloads every eight weeks. But the people who are running deloads, excuse me, guys, one second. 
Excuse me, guys. Apologies about that. I just didn't want to uh, cough into the microphone. Um, but anyway, what I was trying to say was that there's a lot of, of research and ed- the evidence-based crowd out there. I'm talking about, you know, that if we run deloads every eight weeks, we will lead to higher training performance. And and yes, it, it, there are, is, of course, research out there, but we have to look at things past theory sometimes and look at it in a practical sense. Me, like, just think about that car driving down the M50. If you're pulling in every every eight kilometers, you know, out of 52 kilometers, you're gonna spend a lot of time pulled in rather than driving. And that that the analogy there is telling us that we will have less time in a progressive environment, adding more muscle tissue to our frame, more progression in the gym, it's gonna to lead to more less results over the year. Yes, that we can have acute response maybe from this eight week deload, but, but I think that being proactive in these kind of things and saying, oh, in seven weeks, I am going to have a deload, I really don't think there's much there's much backing behind that or there's much benefit to that. For instance, for myself, I could go 20 weeks without having a deload or devolume session or a week because I don't need it. You know, my recovery is very good. My sleep is good. My food is good. My training volume is in a good place. My hydration status, my stress is managed well. All those variables keep me recovered enough. So if I was to run a deload every eight weeks, it would be completely useless because I, I or it wouldn't even be useless. It would be unnecessary. So I come back to that point again, only take a deload when you absolutely need to. And coming back to when do you know when you need to, when your performance starts to drop, when you absolutely hate your training sessions and you can't find any energy to get into the gym, when your recovery is poor because your appetite and digestion is poor and your sleep is poor, your stress levels are high, then that's telltale sign for a deload, but not just because it's a it's it's eight weeks since your last one. Okay, so the, the advice there is being reactive and not proactive, in my opinion, okay, because the more time you can spend in a progressive environment, you will achieve a better physique at the end of the year. So hopefully you guys have taken some value from that. I know this is a short and sweet podcast. I can never tell what how much time it is. It just tells me, I don't even know what it tells me on this, this application or software that I'm using. Short and sharp one though, no doubt. Um, hopefully that you took some value from it. Please guys, keep sharing this on your stories. I really, really appreciate it. It helps me reach more people. It helps the algorithm of the podcast. It helps, to, like I said, reach more people then. And I really, really appreciate appreciate you doing so as well. Finally, I will say that coaching spots are available for June intake at the moment. We have a couple of spots available for both lifestyle clients and also prep clients, comp prep and photoshoot prep clients as well. If you guys are interested in booking in a free call with myself to discuss where you're at right now, body composition wise, where you wanna try and get to your dream physique and how can we set the roadmap for success, I'm gonna leave a link in the description and which will have the online coaching applications there. Hit the link, fill in an application, hit the big blue button that says book in your free call and we will touch base then on the call itself. Any other questions, guys, please let me know. But thank you so much for listening. I will catch you in the next one.